0: To say that weddings are an event, that's a bit of an understatement. My wife and I, we got married over 20 years ago, and preparations had to be made for that day, and we had an absolutely beautiful day. We probably all have a wedding story or two that we could tell. I have vivid memories of my sister's wedding and the preparations leading to that day, and that was nearly 30 years ago. And as the little brother home from college that summer... Uh, and as the family smart Alec, uh, we made a lot of memories. We had a lot of fun uh, leading up to that day. It was a little bit like the movie Father of the Bride, the, the the remake that had Steve Martin as the star. Wedding stories, we all know a few. Wedding reception stories; those generally can be a quite a tale as well. Jesus teaches truths of the kingdom through stories or parables, and today we're going to look at a story that Jesus tells, a parable that he tells about a wedding dinner party. Matthew chapter 22. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven to This dinner party. A king is giving a wedding feast for his son. And of course, some of you out there are thinking, why isn't the bride's family hosting this event? And that's a great question. I don't know. Miss Manners probably would have something to say about this. However, that's not the point of the parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. And he sends out his servants to call those who had been invited to the wedding feast and they were unwilling to come. The servants are charged with the task of calling all those who have been invited to the wedding feast. Not only have these guests been invited prior to the event, they are now receiving a follow-up invite. The guests who have been invited are unwilling to come. We don't know why, They can't say they weren't aware of the event. They had received a prior invitation, and they are now receiving a follow-up. Jesus simply states that they are unwilling to come. Unwilling, not unable. There's a difference. Again, the king sends out other servants, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Behold, I've prepared my dinner, my oxen, and my fatted livestock are all butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. Jesus says again, the king sends out other servants, and these guests have received the initial invite, they've received the follow-up, and now they're receiving a special, detailed message with a menu. Tell those who've been invited what we're having. You know, that's the kind of thing my grandmother would have said. She would have laid out the menu. We're going to have three kinds of meat. We're going to have mashed potatoes and gravy, lima beans, pinto beans, cornbread, and chocolate cake and coffee for dessert. Jesus says that those who have been invited They've paid no attention, and they, and they go their own way. One to his own farm, another to his business. Three invites to all of those invited to the wedding feast, but no attention is paid. The ones invited totally disregard the wedding feast. Jesus says that some go to their farms, some go to their businesses. They go back to their lives. They want nothing to do with the king or his son. They are unwilling to come, not unable, unwilling. Look what happens next. Jesus says that the rest of those who were invited, they seize the servants of the king. They mistreat them and they kill them. Whoa, (laughs) that's kind of an extreme response to this three-attempt invitation. This isn't simply a regrets-only response to an RSVP. The king is enraged, and he sends his armies and destroys those murderers and sets their city on fire. This king is not fooling around. The king replies in kind. At the first hearing, one thinks this is a rather extreme response, but it's not unlike those who were invited killing the messengers of the king. We have to remember that this is a parable. Jesus says that this is a comparison to the kingdom of heaven and the activities and the things of God. This is a parable of rejection. We saw last week where there were those who would find Jesus as a stone over which to stumble. There were those Jewish religious leaders and others in that society who were unwilling to recognize Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus has been rejected time and again throughout the Gospel of Matthew, large by his very own people. The Jewish religious leaders, those in his hometown, However, we've also seen those persons who were far away from the religious community, those who have, in fact, been discarded and disavowed by society. We've seen those persons embrace Jesus. We've seen Jesus embrace them. Do you remember the unclean leopard whom Jesus reached out and healed with a touch? Jesus didn't reject him. Jesus has rejected none, but plenty in his day rejected him, as do plenty today. In verse 8, we read that the king said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Not worthy. Those who were first invited have shown that they have no desire to be a part of the wedding feast. They've shown that they have no desire to fellowship with the king or the king's son. So the king says in verse 9, Go therefore to the main highways, and as many as you find there, invite to the wedding feast. Invite as many persons, as many as you find there, on the main highways. Who travels on the highways? Everyone. Those servants went out into the streets and gathered together all they found, both evil and good. And the wedding hall was filled with dinner guests. The servants, they do as they're told. They go out into the streets. They gather together all they can find, both evil and good. And when we stop and we think about that, what's the qualifier? Uh, Did these servants go, hey, I want to invite you to a wedding feast. Are you evil? Are you good? (laughs) Whatever they do, the, the wedding hall is filled with guests. It's full. And Jesus tells us in verse 11, But when the king came in to look over the dinner guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed in wedding clothes. The king comes in and looks over the guests, and he sees something off. There's a guest not dressed in wedding clothes. Wedding clothes? Huh. Jesus says that the king says to the man, Friend, how did you come in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. The king asks the man a question, and the king is very cordial. Friend, how did you come in here without wedding clothes? The man is unable to respond. Or maybe he's unwilling to respond. The man is speechless. Why are the clothes such a big deal? If you're dressed for an occasion, what does that mean, if you're dressed for the occasion? Well, it means that you are prepared to be there. You've made the appropriate preparations, and this man was not prepared. So the king says to his servants bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We have to remember that this is a parable. It's a parable of rejection, it's a parable of God's judgment. There's a 17th century Christian theologian by the name of Quinell who wrote of this one verse in The Man Who Is Now Bound. There are no longer feet to run to God's mercy or to flee from His justice, no longer hands to do good or make amends for evil, no longer saving light whereby to know God or one's own duties nothing but darkness, pain, grief, tears, rage, fury, and despair for him who is not in the wedding hall. This is the fruit of sin and especially of the abuse of faith and grace. Well, then Jesus shares a scripture, verse 14. For many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called but few were chosen. What does this mean? You know, it's phrases such as this in scripture which can divide Christians and shape shape denominations, faith groups within the body of Christ. This idea of some called to faith and some chosen or elected to faith has been debated for over 2000 years by brilliant, articulate persons who love Jesus, who have professed faith in Jesus, have seen their need to have their sin forgiven by the Savior. These are persons who love the gospel because they're forgiven sinners. And they're all on the same side. One commentator wrote this. Typically, the word for select or chosen describes people who choose to follow the Lord That is, become God's chosen by freely receiving faith from Him. Accordingly, these two terms, one for chosen and then one for faith, are directly connected. The Lord is always calling persons out to place their faith in Him. The Lord is in the business of calling each of us to be taking deeper steps with Him. And maybe for some, it's that first step of trust and faith in the Lord's salvation, the forgiveness of sins. For all of us, it begins there. And for all of us, it's available. For those who have trusted Christ for salvation, maybe it was a year ago, or maybe it was 30 years ago, the Lord is calling you to a deeper level of faith and trust in him. Maybe the Lord is calling you out to share the gospel of salvation with a friend, a neighbor, or a family member. And the Lord wants to give you the courage with which to share the gospel. To share good news, that's what the gospel is. There's also a message of warning in this story. Why does Jesus present this image of the king burning the city? Well, we forget that 40 years after Jesus' earthly ministry, Jerusalem did burn at the hand of the Romans. Jesus is using this imagery to show what would happen to all those who would listen to this generous invitation that the Father has given. All those who would listen, but then reject the invitation. The Lord first invited Israel. Those religious and political leaders wanted to have nothing, wanted to have nothing to do with those servants of God who tried to point Israel back to the things of God. And those servants of God, those prophets, those preachers, were seized, were mistreated, they were killed, they were rejected. And the Lord is enraged. But the Father has extended this invitation to all. But to attend, one has to make the choice to have the correct attire, the correct wedding clothes, if you will. It's all about the choice. Weddings are a big deal, and this picture of marriage represents Christ as the bridegroom and the church as the bride. Listen to these words from John. From Revelation chapter 21, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water in the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. Holy, blameless, no spot, no blemish, bright and clean. Garments washed white as snow, garments free from the stain of sin. In the parable, The man was not prepared. And when the servants went out that last time to invite, they invited all, both good and evil. We don't know if the man was good or evil. And that's not the issue. The issue, regardless of behavior, good or evil, the man had not taken the necessary step to prepare for the wedding feast. You know, there's going to be a heavenly banquet, and we are all invited. In Revelation chapter 19, we see a picture of the marriage of the Lamb. A voice from on high tells the Apostle John in chapter 19 of Revelation, Let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to the Lord, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean. Then he said to me, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're all invited, good or evil. Reality is, we're all sinners, so we all know what evil is. But we're invited, and to be a part, we all have to be prepared. And that comes down to each of us making that choice to be prepared. How does one prepare in such a way as to not be dismissed from the wedding banquet of the Lamb? You don't reject the invitation to the dinner party. I just told you a minute ago about the invitation from the Lord. The Lord is always calling persons out to place their faith in Him. The Lord is in the business of calling each of us to be taking deeper steps with him. And maybe for some, it's that first step of trust and faith in the Lord's salvation, the forgiveness of sins. For all of us, it starts there. And for all of us, it's available. Don't reject the invitation. Make that choice. Today is the day of salvation. How does one prepare in such a way as to not be dismissed from the wedding banquet of the Lamb? The Lord has to be allowed to deal with your sin. Everyone needs salvation because we've all sinned. No one is righteous, not even one. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. And the price or the consequence of our sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He paid the price for our sins by his death on the cross. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 tells us that God has shown his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And that great verse which most of us have heard John 3 16, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. We receive salvation and eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. And that great verse out of Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that reads If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you were saved. For everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And salvation through Jesus brings us into a relationship of peace with God. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Don't miss the dinner party.